problem. People need to calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know, love everybody. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. This is a freak show. An intergalactic freak show. What do you make of that? It's about right. I keep telling my colleagues um, that this is the new normal. God help us all. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me a beer. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. We are a country, not a Dr. Seuss book. I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty! From uh, Studio C. Si, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Immigration! <laughs> the and, issue! Uh, and why do you. Contentious! Why, why do you have to bellow it Multifaceted! <laughs> Hot All button! All right. Take your word for it. What do you call 100,000 Guatemalans crossing the border? A serious national policy crisis. That's what you call it. Okay. Stay with us. All right. Do you think there was some sort of stupid joke coming? Yes, I thought you were setting up oh, a joke. This is no time for... Did you not hear me bellowing earlier? <laughs> this is no time for jokes. Today is... Uh... The nine-year anniversary of me becoming a parent, as it is my son's birthday. Wow. Fabulous. And, um... Samuel! Nine. As every parent does with... Every year as their kids get older, you look at your kid and you think, I can't believe you're blank. Whether it's two or 52. <laughs> or mine. I can't believe you're mine. <laughs> you know, in some, some families. And that's unfortunate. Back to you. So I had a doctor's appointment Looked yesterday. just like the UPS guy. Yes. I had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and my doctor and Sam's doctor are the same doctor. And uh, I said, uh, you met Sam for the first time nine years ago tomorrow. He said, oh, yeah. Um, I said, I'm getting him a BMX bike for his birthday, so we'll be in soon with a broken arm or a broken leg or <laughs> cracked skull or something. Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he said, BMX bikes, scooters, skateboards, that's what keeps us in business. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that's a good. That's a good on you, man. Let kids take risks. Let them get knocked down. Let them get hurt a little bit. He's been wanting a real BMX bike for a long time because he sees the people doing the tricks at the park. So. Is he going to take it off any sweet jumps? Oh, he is. We got, what are you kidding? We have. Of we already have sweet jumps that he uses his scooter for. But this will be the first with a bike. I've been watching some videos on uh, BMX bike tricks and stuff. Your beginner stuff and what do you do and everything like that. He's going to. Watch those and it's it's that's quite the athletic thing. Oh, are you kidding? It's nuts. It really is. I watch that stuff and it's I mean it's athletic. It's it's like ballet. It's gymnastics. It's unbelievable. It is very much gymnastics. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of balance and strength you have to do to, to have to do those things. And if you do them wrong, you break things, <laughs> which you don't normally do in gymnastics. Right. Which is exciting. Let's introduce everybody in the squad to start the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Doing great. My father celebrates uh, the same birthday 
as uh, your son, and he mm-hmm. turns 70 today. Awesome. So, well, are you getting him a BMX bike? Yes, he's getting a BMX <laughs> no, he, bike. he got a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, wow. That's why you're watching the dog. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha, yep. gotcha, gotcha. Um, is he happy about being 70? Or? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he, yeah. He's happy about it. I mean, he says, hey, I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. Beats the alternative, right? Yep, beats the alternative. Happy birthday, Michelangelo's dad. Yeah. Best wishes. Uh, There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, Doing a lot better than the Italian olive oil industry, I'll tell you that. 57% drop in production. They may even have to start importing olive oil into Italy. Wow. This is a what? 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 Wow. I, be, I, can't, I can't go on. They'll be selling sand Arabs next. It's crazy. Wow. That's got to be disappointing for the Italians. How embarrassing. That's just the, seeing a feature at uh, last night on the Italian economy. Boy, is that country screwed up. They are goofy. Oh, man. A lot, of it doesn't, a lot of it's got to have to do with the fact that the population isn't growing. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of it. Plus, they've embraced a lot of France-style socialist policies that they can't afford. They're, well, you know, it's they're, they're practically Greece. Well, you can't afford them under any circumstances right. long-term. But if your population, they have one of the lowest birth rates in the whole world, right. then you really can't afford it. Is a croissant a socialist policy? Because I would like to adopt <laughs> as many of those as I can. Uh, I need a croissant right now. There's yeah. Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well, and it's a celebrity birthday. Let's break out the meth. What? Walter well. White turns 63 today. Oh, there you good go. blue stuff. Yes. Actor Brian Cranston turns 63. Not the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. No. But the uh, the, the, the guy from Breaking Bad. That's yep. the reason why I refuse to watch Breaking Bad for the first two seasons. Because I was <laughs> the, the, Malcolm's dad cannot be it, in a prestige television right. show. It put me off of it. it I honestly did. Right. Has there ever been a bigger like career change in terms of... Uh, you know, being typecast it's for like, success. I know it's it's amazing, and and I can't believe you two being so prejudiced. The man's an actor. Right. He's assuming a role. Right. It's as if uh, Bob Denver from Gilligan's Island had become Michael Corleone for the movie, <laughs> yes. the movie franchise. Yes. I mean, is is practically like that. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Very. Go similar. on, Marshall. As net worth a tidy thirty million dollars. Awesome. So there you go. That's today's celebrity birthday. Yeah, Very since exciting. we're mentioning celebrities, this is a downer note. How about Alex Trebek announcing oh, a yeah. stage four pancreatic cancer? Yeah, it's a dang shame. Oh, and very few people survive that for very long at right. all. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. says he's going to continue to host uh, Jeopardy because his contract requires him to. Yep. Made a little joke there. What is it. fight it? Yeah, right. What did I hear? He's one. been doing that since '84. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Man, I have memories when I could barely conjure up a whisker on my chin of watching old Alex Trebek and enjoying Jeopardy. And that's amazing, an amazing run. Yeah, God, I'd say. Yeah, beloved um, guy, too. Yep. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is uh, Thursday, March 7th, year 2019. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. You know, in honor of Alex Trebek, who seems to be an absolutely terrific guy. Um, I'm not going to make any disparaging con- uh, 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 comments about Canadians today. There you go. Not even one. Maybe make that your... But I'll uh, see you at midnight. Maybe that's your promise <laughs> for, for Lent. Do that for a whole... Is it two weeks? Give up disparaging Canadians? Yeah. I'm only human. My son, whose birthday it is today, has yes. given up gum. Oh. Yeah. And I'm giving up coffee, although for different reasons, but it fit in perfectly with my plans. Oh. <laughs> I see. Win-win. I see. All right. Let's uh, get started now. Officially, according to the FCC rules and regs, here we go at Mark. People like Tim, you're expanding all over and doing things that I really wanted you to do right from the beginning. I used to say, Tim, you got to start doing it over here, and you really have. I mean, you've really put a big investment in our country. We appreciate it very much, Tim Apple. There you go. 
The guy who runs Apple is Tim Apple. Ah, well, what are you going to do? I know how it the works. The president has used his emergency powers to declare that all CEOs must use the last name of their company. <laughs> <laughs> you got Tim Apple, it you just got be Mark easy. Facebook. It'd just be easier for America. <laughs> right. Huh? Jack Twitter. Jack Twitter. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Is that Mary Gal still running GM? Mary GM is her name. Or is he just because he's an older gentleman? See, guy, a guy named Ford ran Ford. I just assume whatever company <laughs> yeah, you're right. talking about, that must be their name. Uh, what are their headlines, Marshall Phillips? R. Kelly in jail is the second part of his explosive interview airs. We've got Mark Zuckerberg retooling Facebook, and we could be seeing the end to presidential debates. Coming up. What? Wow. We've been talking about how stupid they are for a very long time, but uh-huh. I'll be interested to hear this story. Uh, yeah, and major changes with Facebook, because they're in a hole. How does Mailbag look? Oh, it's very good. We have uh, some really interesting updates on the professor urging cop killings, for oh. instance, and straight freedom, love, and quote of the day. Yeah, all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. When's the whole March Madness thing where every office place in America breaks federal law by engaging in gambling? Any minute now. Isn't that soon? It's got to be very soon. I actually haven't been paying attention. Are the conference championships going on right now, Positive Sean? It's got to be very soon. You're not a big college sports guy, are you? It's got to be like this weekend or next week. Uh, once the brackets come out, I'm the biggest college basketball fan you've ever seen. Like like many Americans. Yeah. Oh, and that, oh, that's right. I get to do my mascot tournament again. Oh, I love that. We, we do love that. <laughs> Super. Uh, stay tuned for that if you're not familiar. Mailbag. Oh, sorry. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Henry David Thoreau, American essayist, poet, philosopher, abolitionist, naturalist, tax register, resistor, rather, development critic, surveyor, and historian. Busy fella. You wouldn't think he'd find time to hang out at a pond. Jack Armstrong, eater and sleeper. Hmm. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. If the machine of government is of such a nature that it requires you to be the agent of injustice to another, then I say break the law. It's in the eye of the beholder. Give me an example. Mm, What's a good example of... uh, Put me on the spot. It requires you to be the agent of injustice to another. Maybe you're, I don't know, a, a building inspector... And you got to put some poor homeowner through the ringer for an alleged problem in their home that's mm. not their fault. It's of no significance, but it uh, violates the letter of the law. Forget it. I've, I've had people help me out like that. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, we're screwed, writes Jay. Here's why. And he gives several examples, uh, both lighthearted and serious. No one can kill Sears. It's like poison ivy in your koi pond. And, uh, and number four, the more affluent we get, the emptier our souls get. Apparently. 
Says the zombie apocalypse is here. That's a bit of a leap, Jay, but thank you for the note. March Madness starts March 19th. It's like poison ivy in the koi pond. I'm going to start dropping that in conversations. <laughs> for anything. Oh, yeah. For any. Yeah, it doesn't matter what. Uh, I can't hear poison ivy without getting nugged out because I'm so allergic to it. It causes terrible things to happen. Really? Ooh. When I hear it, I hear oh, of the, I think of the 60s uh, pop hit. By the coasters. Poison Ivy. Very catchy. My kids were really in the coasters for a while because they sing that Charlie Brown song. Why is everybody always picking on me? <laughs> My kids love that. Jared in Missouri on the uh, argument over the uh, Greta Van Fleet's safari song thing or whatever. He says, more on-air arguments. Casting off professionalism is what got Trump elected. It's the root of Beto's popularity. Sometimes you're as mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. I say more of it. All right, Jared. Yes, we had a heated argument. More what bitter, was stupid. The f- first album for Greta Van Fleet. Unnecessary arguments. Uh, let's see. Janet's unhappy. Please do your homework on John Hickenlooper and stop talking about what a nice guy he is. He accomplished nothing for the He's state of Colorado. Nazi. No, not a Nazi. Just he accomplished nothing. I Janet, assumed he was you, a you Nazi. Have, you have a point of view that differs from a couple of people who happen to write in. Okay, great. It's super. Yeah, I hear he's a Nazi. Broadcast reports have him as a member of the National Socialist Party. I wouldn't know him if he came up and kicked me in the shin. Mm. And I could Google it and look into it, but I'm not going to until later because we've got two years. Yeah, that's on him. Plenty of time to get to know Mr. Pockenbacker. (laughs) Seriously, that's on him for me to know who he is, what he's accomplished, and what his argument is. And if he can't break through my you know, uh, bubble of awareness... Since I do this for a living, then yeah, forget it. Although I heard an interview with Cory Booker this morning and realized if he's elected president, he'll be our first up-talking president, which is inevitable as more and more people start to up-talk. That's just taking over. But he will be our first up-talking president. Uh, let's see. What do you want? How Four about Four score? And seven years ago? Oh, boy. It might have been delivered like that. We don't know. Brian from Reading making an excellent point, and I knew this and I forgot yesterday, and I, I'm ashamed. With a vocal fry. Oh, God. Well, the <laughs> Constitution clearly Ooh. states that we have rights. Oh, let's see. So Brian uh, from beautiful Redding, California, points out that um, the uh, proposed law in Cal Unicornia that uh, cops should be held to after-the-fact analysis standards. If it turns out that the cop in a split-second decision was wrong, and now we can see, oh, it wasn't a gun, or it was a toy gun, or whatever, that they should be convicted of a crime and sent to jail for the rest of their lives, convicted of murder. It's an absurd notion. Well, it's unworkable. It's unworkable, but it's a good example of the thinking in Cal Unicornia, where adolescent expulsions of of emotion are are counted as political thought. Um, But uh, Brian points out that the Supreme Court ruled in Graham versus Connor in 1989, Police use of force must, quote, be objectively reasonable, that the officer's actions were reasonable in light of the facts and circumstances confronting him without regard to his underlying intent or motivation. And I quote, the reasonableness of a particular use of force must be judged from the perspective of a reasonable officer on the scene rather than with the 2020 vision of hindsight. So it would be quite specifically unconstitutional. But that doesn't matter in California. It's about virtue signaling. And uh, let's see. This to be fair, a lot of legislation is and always has been sure from both sides. Yeah. You're just signaling to people we care about this. We know this will never pass. We're fighting for you. Right. Exactly. Uh, I know you, it annoys you when people find the deficit boring. Well, I, I, that's not exactly right, Marianne. But uh, 
But it's because you're going about it the wrong way. There's no point in telling people that their children and grandchildren owe $65,000 each because they simply cannot visualize what this actually means. How will it be paid? To I, I, If they can't, they lack imagination. But I'll trust you on that. How will it be paid? To whom? Who will make us pay? No one's making us pay now. Why then? When you don't explain these crucial things, people classify the whole thing under the sky is falling and move on to their morning latte. Love the show. Keeps me sane here in the belly of the beast, which is Washington, D.C., uh, Marianne, you know what? I think that's probably fair criticism. We ought to be pointing out that the, you know, that $3,000 that comes out of your check every two weeks or whatever it happens to be for you will be $7,500 all of a sudden. And you'll be saying, what happened? What happened? Or mortgage rates will be 19% to buy a house or and or will have hyperinflation where your pay can't possibly keep up with the price of goods because we have printed too much money and borrowed too much money, and now we are just going to the payday lender and begging for 100 bucks at the end of the week. Me having heard the we're just passing the debt along to our children argument with the big brain counter solution to that, just not having kids. <laughs> that would solve it. <laughs> My uh, kids aren't paying for it. If the country is empty, China comes and says, you owe us like uh, $700 trillion. Hello? Hello? All there is is deer cavorting around. Poison Ivy. See, this is a hit song back oh. in the day. Oh, boy. In simpler times. Yes. Significantly so. <laughs> Marshall Phillips is going to get into the news of the day. And as always, there's lots of it. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a fast-paced world, and to keep up, you need a fast-paced journalist like Marshall Phillips. Marshall. Good morning, R. Kelly's back behind bars in Chicago. Good. Good. Already facing charges of sexual abuse, Kelly's been jailed because he can't pay child support. Now, in the second part of their interview with Kelly... Gail King asked him about not making those payments. How can I pay child support? How? If my ex-wife is destroying my name and I can't work, how can I work? How can I get paid? How can I take care of my kids? How? Your ex-wife Use says, your common sense. Your ex-wife says Three, you abused her, Robert. 13 lives. 13 years being married. I flew in on a helicopter. Yes. Yes. Can somebody get us some tissue? I don't want a tissue. 13 seems to be the number of the day as a new allegation has arisen in Detroit that he began having sex with a girl when she was 13 years old. And like many of his victims, as it turns out, his alleged victims, he gave her herpes. So, do I understand? So, CBS drugged this out over two days? Yes. Okay. And there's going to be a third segment tomorrow, apparently, with the two women that are living with him. I have a little preview of that. Oh, boy. Good. They stand up for him, right? Yep. Yep. They support him. Uh, Jocelyn Savage and uh, Ashriel Acleary, I believe, are the names. When I first met Robert, my parents told me to lie about my age. So when I met him, he thought that I was 18. My parents told me to lie about my age to him. Everything that she's saying is true. Um, our parents are basically out here just to get money. 
So wow. they're so they're bad mouthing their parents for pimping them out, then suing or leveling charges or what? But so get... they live in they live with him and yes. he, he's their love interest. She their sugar daddy, okay. yeah. whatever, whatever you call it. Wow, how twisted is that? And like Charlie Sheen, he's got a couple. He's got two, two. Okay. Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg promising a major change in priorities at Facebook, saying in a blog post the company will begin focusing more on private, secure communications, saying he plans to rebuild in the next few years around concepts like privacy, encryption, and security. Zuckerberg wrote, over the last 15 years, Facebook and Instagram have helped people connect with friends, communities, and interests in the digital equivalent of a town square. And you came a, became a billionaire selling our what should be private information and lying about whether or not you were doing it. Right. Repeatedly. Zuckerberg continuing, but people increasingly also want to connect privately in the digital equivalent of the living room. So that is what he sent out in his blog. Yeah, we'll have more on that. Once again, he's signaling, oh, we're really good people and I'm a good guy and we're going to do the right thing. President Trump going after the Democratic National Committee after the DNC announced it will not have Fox host any Democrat presidential primary debates ahead of the 2020 election. Trump saying he might bar other networks from hosting general election debates. Trump tweeting, Democrats just blocked Fox News from holding a debate. Good. Then I think I'll do the same thing with the fake news networks and the radical left Democrats in the general election debates. It seems like a bad idea. There's a couple of problems I have with it. But it just seems like a bad idea in the fact that if I'm uh, wanting to get a candidate to beat Trump, I want one of the debates on Fox to get that voter that goes kind of back and forth. You know, that that right-leaning Trump voter who could vote Democrat or has in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't want to reach them. Yeah, I, I, it's an odd play, honestly. Uh, everybody knows that uh, Chris Wallace and Brett Baer especially, and Martha McCallum's fine, but I don't know. She's kind of second tier to me, but everybody knows those are two of the most serious journalists in America, and they do a great job. And it's an old, uh, what's his face, the, uh, the Perez, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he knows that, too. It, it's it's a play of some sort right, it's to playing discredit to the, Fox News, well, I guess. Well, it's, it's playing to the crowd that just actually does believe that Fox News is a phony news network, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do. Well, yeah. it's hilarious, given the, the so far left-leaning, they fall over on their faces, alphabet networks that will be getting the debates. It's the Democratic Party's right to choose who they want. It's fine. It's a private organization, oh, you're absolutely but it's wrong. just ridiculous. You're absolutely wrong. If you think Fox is something more of whatever than MSNBC is, you're just wrong. Right. You're just plain wrong. Watch both of them sometimes. Well, and if you, as you pointed out, Jack, even if a, a debate is on Fox, the questions will almost always come from a left point of view. Because, you know, the nation's newsrooms are so overwhelmingly left. Including Chris Wallace, I would assume. Right, right. Uh, How can you justify taking away welfare benefits to families that need them? You know, the questions will be like that. So, yeah. Well, you know what? He's he's smart. He's playing it. Uh, It's it's factually ridiculous what he's asserted, but uh, that's fine. Lastly, Jeopardy host Alex Trebek says he has been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. 5%. Survival yeah. rate over five years. Yeah. That's that's the that's that's the worst medical news you can get. And the num- so the numbers go up. So four is worse than a stage one, right? They yeah okay yeah. yeah. 
In the uh, YouTube announcement, in his YouTube announcement, the 78-year-old vowed he was going to keep working as he fights the disease. And despite the low survival stats for pancreatic cancer, Trebek looked forward to eventually overcoming it. He even made light of the situation. I have to, because under the terms of my contract, I have to host Jeopardy for three more years. (laughs) So help me. Keep the faith and we'll win. That's, your- that's that's a fine public persona. I assume behind the scenes he's getting his affairs in order, though. Yeah. Because, you know, what else are you going to do? Right. Good luck, Alex. Yikes. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Am I wrong? Is that too dark? But that's the worst medical diagnosis yeah. you can get, I think. I don't want to think about it. You don't want to think about it? Nope. Well, he's dead. That's the worst. <laughs> You're dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're going to be dead in 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's put some words up, eight, up too late. Yeah. I talked to him. 9, what? 8, <laughs> 7, eight, On eight, the other seven. end of life, we all die, by the way, so don't yes. be shocked by that. Right. Um, on the other end of life, being born, my son was born nine years ago today, and and uh, I got this text. Nine years, I still remember your announcement. It was a tad, let's say, blunt, as I recall. Congrats, though. Does anybody remember? It wouldn't surprise me that I said something no. inappropriate. No. <laughs> but, no. But I don't remember what it was. Uh, no, I don't either. Hmm. I was probably sleep deprived, right? Sure. Been up for a couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Seen things you'd never seen before. That's true. <laughs> right. Well, I've seen cattle born. I've seen lots of animals born. Yeah. It was very similar to that. It was just a human coming out. I keep, just remember you almost him. missed it. Keep uh, comparing your wife to cattle. I that'll, did. That'll end well. <laughs> right. I did almost miss it because I was at the Jamba Yeah. Right. <laughs> at least it was right. a good reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Greta Flan Fleet right here. Huh? No, it isn't. My new favorite band. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we got to get into some of the news of the day. This Facebook thing is could be big. I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to get back on top where he'd like to be, where people have any respect for him. He is going to give exactly as much as he has to, and no more. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Some interesting stories that, uh, but the, the, a lot of them are uh, have uh, bad stuff in them, and I just I don't know. I want to string a whole bunch of bad things together. No, you know who wants to get up in the morning and hear all the worst things that happen in the world? Yeah, that's terrible. You got this billionaire though who died getting a penis enlargement, so mm. that's that's a good story. And Darwin smiles. <laughs> and you got a billion dollars. You're 65 years old, and you're willing to undergo. I don't. It's difficult. It's 65 penis enlargement surgery. Even if you're 20, you know, I'm happy to. with what you got. I. It's easy for you to say. You got a billion dollars. It is very easy for me to say. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, oh, aren't boy. you something? Wow! Oh boy! I hate to traffic in stereotypes, but once you hit 65, it, it, maybe you have a problem in that regard. You know, it makes you unhappy. Go ahead and buy the giant pickup truck or, you know, a bunch of racehorses or whatever. Go ahead and compensate. You have billions of dollars. And don't, don't worry dollars. about your your junk. Worry about your intellect. Worry about your what you, the good you've done. Mentor some children. 
for goodness sakes, I'm I'm as good a friend with mine as anybody's ever been. But you can't see the entire world, you know, from that point of view, can you? Huh? Apparently you can. All right, then. So, listen, I don't know. You following that whole Ilhan Omar story? The uh, young Muslim congresswoman from Minnesota who's uh, got to be spanked for saying something anti-Semitic about every two weeks by her own party because it's out of hand. I have a little sympathy for her because some of the things she said are fairly innocuous sounding. Yeah, I've heard some of the quotes and thought, why can't you say that? But then somebody, somebody learned, somebody, uh, Democrats, somebody experienced, somebody uh, erudite uh, says, no, 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 that's an anti-Jewish trope. That's an anti-Semitic trope and has been for a very long time. The whole idea of, uh, you know, you've got dual loyalty to two countries. And okay, you know, if that is an anti-Semitic trope that's been around for a long time, great. But did she know that? Well, see, that's the thing. It gets to the blackface thing. Right. If, if you if you put on black makeup to be your favorite NBA player and don't know anything about minstrel shows of the <laughs> 1900s, right? have you done the same thing? Sure. Sure, and there are a number of examples where somebody will say, oh, that's a blankety-blank trope. You're like, I I, I didn't know that. So that was like a dog whistle in the 1930s or 1970s or 1991. Um, I'm 30 years old. I had no idea. And so I do have a little sympathy for her because some of the things she said are clearly she hates the Jews. She hates Israel. Okay, she probably doesn't hate all Jews, but she hates Israel. She's pro the Palestinian cause and resentful of Israel. Fair enough. You get to be. Um, I, you know, I've also said it's it's going to be a real challenge as more and more Muslims join the Democratic Party in the U.S., the Labor Party in Britain. They're already having terrible problems with that because there's rampant anti-Semitism among many Muslim people. Not all, but many. But anyway, so they're try they were going to spank her again and pass a resolution in Congress. Uh, anti uh, anti Semitism, but the the meeting of the Democratic Caucus melted down into craziness and yelling and shouting and resentment and the rest of it, and they couldn't even finish the wording because they were writing. Okay, all right, we can't have any anti Semitism. We're against anti Semitism, and somebody said, "Well, Elhan's a nice lady. Throw in you can't have anti Muslim stuff either in there." So they're like, okay, that's not what we're talking about, but okay, no anti-Muslim stuff either. And then somebody shouts from the back, you know, we're overlooking all the sexist stuff that's been said all the time. How about women? How about the women get some? Oh, yeah, 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 anti-woman stuff. Yeah, we're we're against that as well. And uh, Jonah Goldberg was on uh, Special Report last night, and he had what I thought was a, a, a very appropriate comment on the topic. Why isn't it? Well, first of all, obviously the global Jewish conspiracy is paying me to say what I'm about to say. <laughs> but this is sort of a minor point, but it, it, I find it vexing. Uh, remember during the Black Lives Matter thing, when anybody said all lives matter, the immediate response from all of these people was, you are diminishing the specific complaints of this group and what they are talking about. The Democrats now are bending over backwards because they have to include uh, anti-Islamophobic language. And they have, you saw Chuck Schumer talking about, I didn't like the language about Muslims either. Um, 
they are doing the exact same thing they called racist when people did it about Black Lives Matter. And it just shows you that the Democratic Party, this is a canary in the coal mine for the Democratic Party. They got this, this is going to be a problem of the Corbynization of the Democrats going forward for a while, and they better figure out how to deal with it now. It's a reference to Jeremy Corbyn, the anti-Semitic uh, lefty leader in Britain. Uh, but I thought that was a good point about the whole Black Lives Matter thing, because you did get yeah. killed. You said, well, what about your cops' lives matter, too? And so do white people's. So do... No, wait, you're just saying that because you're racist. Again. What? We're here about to talk about protecting black people from uh, illegal shootings, blah, blah, blah. And you're trying to change the subject. That's racist. Right. Now they're resorting, in it, resorting to the same thing. I find it hilarious. We were talking about this yesterday. The whole intersectionality ranking and re-ranking of who's the most victim-y. Uh, b- b- the only thing that binds them together is hatred of white people. That bigotry. I'd like to see him throw a little anti-white bigotry language into this measure, too. How about bigotry against anybody is wrong? But now that would that would upset, upset the whole apple cart. So, yeah, I, I'm finding this hilarious. Absolutely enjoying it. As somebody says something anti-Semitic, and they can't even write a resolution saying, hey, let's not be anti-Semitic. Jews are nice people. Because all the causes start screaming at each other and clawing over each other to see who's lowest on the totem pole, because the lower you are, the higher you are, and they can't even pass a simple resolution. They will eat themselves, and I will enjoy watching the cannibalism. That's actually how totem poles work. They started with the chief was at the bottom, and then for every male no, member right, of the tribe, then, they, they would the go top, up. It's the mm. bottom of the bottom. Mm. It's the top. It's my point. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say, so you quibbler. The, what are you, Elizabeth Warren now? <laughs> so the Gail King interview with R. Kelly was so crazy that Gail King was interviewed about what it was like to interview <laughs> R. Kelly. Wow. She said, Through the looking glass. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I, I wondered myself if uh, she at any point felt threatened because he's a big man who's uh, known to be violent and rapey. And unhinged, And completely crazy, and got up out of his chair and was waving his arms around. She said, I was never worried he was going to hurt me. I was more worried that he was going to get up and leave, said journalist Gail King uh, in Oprah's magazine, because they're best buds. Um, She did worry at some points that he might accidentally hit me because he was so angry that he was flailing around. What I was really thinking to myself was, I'm not done with this interview, so I'm going to let him have his moment and then get to ask more questions. Uh, I would have been concerned. I I don't think you're crazy if you weren't. <laughs> I mean, why would you think a guy that unhinged who's done the things he's did wasn't just going to leap on you and punch you in the face? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Would anybody be shocked if he did that? I wouldn't have been. Or knock her out of her chair or something. I yeah. Don't know. yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a cuckoo bird. You know, he's got that. The only tiny bit of sympathy I have for him, though, is he got the whole... Uh, hit with child support payments when he was at the height of his fame thing. And then you go to the judge and say, uh, I'm not making any money now. And and I've heard from guys, you just they don't want to hear it from you. Right. That's, That's that rough. would make you crazy. Although he's a rapist, a serial rapist, and a rapist of uh, underaged women. How do we girls. feel about, since it's journalism, and what we're trying to do is stand up for the victims, these child victims, and we're going to spread this interview out over three mornings to get maximum ratings. It just seems a little crass to me. Well, it's super duper exploitive. I mean, is that what you're alleging? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's horror porn. That's what they do. It's what they do. Who was somebody uh, dropped us a note the other day? Uh, I think I think it was uh, they referred to him as Doctor Weir. I think they meant Bob Weir, the Grateful Dead, saying, "Don't don't watch the news. It'll make you unhappy." And there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, we, we, we've we been talking about this uh, behind the scenes. we got to make sure we're, we don't do this. 
the news focuses on uh, on uh, conflict, anger, hate, and fear because those are the strongest human emotions in terms of getting people to tune in and and having them stay tuned in, especially. As I've said many times, nobody has ever t- tuned out of a report saying there's a tornado coming your way, unless it was a r- to run down in the basement. So you know, yeah. So uh, yeah, they get an angry, demonstrative, violent rapist, and show him for days. They string it out, and then you do interviews with her about right. what it was like, and just the angry, know. violent rapist. And yeah, it's it's just it's it's horror. Porn. I'm kind of interested in hearing more from the two girlfriends he's got that live with him, whose parents both pimped them out. Yeah, at least one of them was underage when she got with him. Uh, she was underage when she got with him, but her yeah. parents told her to lie and claim she was 18. See, I don't know if you can blame him for that, but um, something yeah. tells me my tax dollars are supporting that family in the. Uh, more than one way. Yeah, no kidding. I, just, I want to hear from them what their lifestyle is like. Yeah, and they're they're very angry. They think this whole thing is some sort of uh, contrived effort to bring down their man. They're very angry at the media, at uh, everybody. Well, they're barely out of childhood, so their judgment probably isn't great. Oof! God, what an ugly story all the way around. Yeah, no kidding. Gross. Something tells me you'll be uh, enjoying a long, long stay in the Gray Bar Hotel. At, we'll some, at some point during the show, I'd like to get to the best 20 alter- alternative swear words for parents. When you're frustrated or you stub your toe or something, swear words you can throw out that aren't actually swear words. It's the influence of Homer Simpson, but I'm a big fan of fiddle dee dee. <laughs> that will require a tetanus shot. <laughs> Among a bunch of other things we got coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.